guys, welcome to another episode of For You From Eve. Today I'm here with Alana, who I actually saw on Instagram and is a wellness influencer, which does a lot more than just Instagram. So why don't you introduce yourself? Hey guys, I'm Alana, or you can call me Lanny. I'm 22 years old from Toronto, Canada. I'm a health, wellness, and lifestyle influencer on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, you name it. I'm also the host of my own podcast, Morning Ray. It's a self-improvement podcast, and I'm a marketing student here in Toronto. I go to Ryerson University, and I'm also a social media manager for a really cool startup called Green Fresh Media. Yeah. So when I found her Instagram, I just saw how similar we were because I'm also a marketing major. I also have like a self-improvement podcast and I just finished an internship for social media management. So as soon as I saw your Instagram, I was like, this is literally like me and another person's body. (laughs) So that's why I really wanted to have you on and just talk to you about wellness. Um, And also just a little bit about marketing too. I've had this podcast for a while. I've talked to a lot of people about wellness. So I love to get everyone's own version of it. So why don't you give a little background on what wellness is to you and a little bit of your wellness journey? So I'll start with like my wellness journey and then go in what it like means to me now, but I grew up dancing competitively. So fitness in like a dance sort of medium was a huge part of my life growing up, but nutrition and the whole other aspect of wellness, so like mental and physical well-being, um, wasn't really there. Um, I struggled with anxiety growing up, still have anxiety. It like comes in like peaks and valleys, I guess you could say, but it's definitely very manageable. I go to therapy for it, but I went to dance and I danced until I was in grade 12. And then when I went away to university, I stopped dancing. I just wanted the full university experience. I didn't want to be held back by dance rehearsals on Thursday nights when I wanted to go out with friends and party and and hang out with guys and all that stuff, um, go to other universities. It's very common here um, in Ontario, which is like the province I live in to travel to different universities and go and party there. And I just wanted the full experience. So I started to go to the gym. I started doing a lot of different workout programs, everything from BBG to following Whitney Simmons workouts online, everything. And then it wasn't until my sophomore year that I got more into nutrition and the wellness side of things. Cause before then it was like predominantly fitness focused and it was very focused on like the materialistic side of things, like having washboard abs and a thigh gap and being super skinny. Like that was like my mindset. And I feel like it was a lot of girls mindsets back then it was around like 2018. Um, even before then, like in high school, like Tumblr, like was a thing. It was like really cool to like, look like you had nothing on your body like I don't know why that was like what everyone wanted but that's what you wanted and then I got really into nutrition and wellness from the whole food combining trend with Kenzie Burke which is pretty crazy and like now looking back it was kind of toxic but really made my eyes so much more open to eating whole foods and trying to have whole foods opposed to like all these protein bars and supplements and all this stuff instead getting your nutrition from fruits and vegetables and lean proteins and healthy fats and naturally found foods um and I really started to focus more on how I was feeling opposed to how I was looking and then I got into this whole spiral with not being happy with where I was at university and I decided to switch schools and I started to really focus on my mental health and that's when mental health came into play started going to therapy became a huge mental health advocate on my platform spoke openly about therapy still am in therapy just don't go as frequently Mm -hmm. um got into journaling started sharing that journey on my social media platforms 
but what wellness means to me, it's overall like mental and physical well-being. It's feeling what healthy feels to you not necessarily what the person next to you or your mom or your dad or anyone in your life tells you what health or wellness should be. It's what it means to you and being able to show up as your highest self every single day and what steps you need to take on that day in that moment, in that moment so that you yeah. can do it. Yeah, I totally agree. I do agree also that wellness is different for every single person. Um, it's so funny because I played sports in, in high school, basketball and soccer and track. And I also quit right before college because I was like, I want to focus on like the internships and the education and going out. And then it wasn't until my sophomore year that I also found Kenzie Burke. Um, we're the same age. So she like popped off, I think, at like the same time. So yeah. I found Kenzie Burke and that's when I got interested in like plant-based eating and food combining. And I never really thought about those things. Like I always played sports, but I never thought about what I was putting into my body. I was always focused on what I was doing for the outside of it. And I feel like when I tried to get into food combining, it was like, honestly, just very like, like obsessive for me. Like mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I can't eat this with this. And then it was like, I couldn't, can't have like fruit juice. Like I can't put apples in my juice. Cause it's past 12. Like I was becoming so crazy with the way that I was thinking. And I do agree that it can work for some people. Did food combining ever work for you or just taught you to go in that direction? So I want to say like in air quotes, like, I guess it, it worked. Like I, I've always been someone who's very disciplined. So I felt a victim to it and I was doing food combining. I want to say for like four months, like I was fully vegan, like doing food combining. And then my mom has Crohn's. So I've always had like stomach sensitivities and I want to say like it triggered my IBS. Like I had to go to a dietitian to sort out my IBS and all that. Like I started to have chronic bloating because I was having way too much fiber and putting way too much stress on myself in terms of what I could eat together, what I couldn't eat together. Um, and I had like chronic, very painful bloating. Like I literally looked pregnant yeah. for a week. And I had to go on like this low FODMAP diet, which like was a whole nother story. I felt so restricted that led to binging and everything. Um, but I was so brainwashed by it. I don't, I don't think it's a healthy mindset. Like sure. It could work for someone, but I really don't think it's a healthy mentality to have, or it's a healthy way to eat. Like no one food is one food group. Like it literally yeah. does not make sense. And if like, I understand, like I'm all for like holistic nutrition and all that, like I'm a huge advocate for that, but there's just, I know there doesn't have to be science, but it just, it doesn't make sense. And like, I feel like we're a lot of girls are brainwashed myself included. And I promoted that on my platform and I like went back on it. I'm very happy. I woke up from that, but I don't recommend it to anyone who like finds it or stumbles upon it now. Yeah. It was really hard for me to be consistent with it. Like I did it for a few days and right away I caught my patterns and was like, absolutely not. And it's so weird because recently I've been eating, I'm very like sensitive to dairy my skin breaks out a lot from dairy and I bloat like very badly. Um, but the other day, like I was having the most painful bloating I've ever had. My stomach was like out of my pants. Like it was unreal. And I I've bloated before, but never like this. And it went on for like two or three days. And it's so funny because every person I have on the podcast that talks about wellness is like, yeah, I struggled with IBS before realizing I need to clean my diet. How did you kind of no, it was that way. Like, how did you know that you needed to go to a doctor and like figure out what was wrong with your bloating? Cause everyone bloats, you know? So how'd you know, like it was yeah. a real problem? Um, it was persistent. It didn't like decrease. Like a lot of the times, like if you have, like, say you go and have a fried meal for dinner and you're bloated, but then like the next morning, like your stomach is pretty much like back to like that morning skinny. Like I was not getting a morning skinny. Like my body was staying super bloated. Like 
it was probably like in the morning as bloated as it would normally be. And then by the end of the day, it was like severe. It was super uncomfortable. I couldn't wear pants. Like I was wearing dresses. I was wearing big t-shirts. Um, I was not, it was in the summer. So like, I literally, I couldn't wear pants. It hurt. And I didn't even want to work out anymore because my stomach hurt so bad. And I felt so uncomfortable in my own skin and it was painful. And I was like, something is wrong. Like something is not right here. And like, with my mom having Crohn's, which is inflammatory bowel disease or something, mm-hmm. something along <laughs> that line. Yeah. Um, like I've known like all her symptoms. I'm like, why are these symptoms like so similar to hers? Um, and I was like, I need to get this checked out. I need to talk to my doctor. I'm not comfortable with this. This is more than just, I ate too much or I had some fried food and I'm bloated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was the same way, literally just a few days ago, my stomach was in so much pain, so bloated. And I was like, maybe if I go to the gym, like I'll feel better. Cause I really wanted to get my workout in, but I was like, maybe if I go, my stomach will pain will like go away. And when it didn't go away. And like, when I took my, I took my probiotics, if I don't take my probiotic in the morning, like then I'll, I, if I'm bloated, like I know why, but then I woke up in the morning and I was still a little bit bloated it was a little bit more like morning skinny. So that's why I was like, okay, maybe I just didn't eat enough or like had something bad. But yeah, I feel like the second you get like pain, like the second I felt that pain of like that blow, I was like, okay, no more. Like, I was like, I have to have a green juice tomorrow. Like I have to get started on this. Like, I feel like the problem with me, and I think a lot of people can relate to this is we get into that mindset of like, okay, no, I need to make a change. We do grocery shop, like we meal prep for the week. And then the week finishes we binge one weekend and, you know, we go out and we enjoy our foods, which we should do, you know, don't restrict yourself. But then we fall back into those patterns of like, doesn't matter. I can eat whatever I want. What's your advice on kind of like maintaining that consistency? I think it's important to not be so harsh on yourself and to be so strict and like, I can only eat X, Y, Z, and I can't touch this. And if I eat more than this, then like, that's bad. Like, I think it's really important to remove those labels of labeling food as good or bad or clean or versus dirty. Um, everything in moderation. Like, I think like if you're craving an Oreo, like let yourself have an Oreo, like don't try to go around the obstacle. Like don't have dark chocolate and then strawberries and all this, because you're going to end up having way more food anyways. And you're still not going to be satisfied. Just like eat the damn Oreo. Like, if you satisfy that craving, you're not going to feel this urge to binge because you're not having a mental or physical restriction. When you start to binge or overeat, it's because there's some sort of mental or physical restriction on your body. Whether you're telling yourself you can't have these certain foods, you can't eat past a certain amount of calories or macros, whatever it is, or whether you're physically limiting, like the amount of food that you can visually see. A lot of people are visual eaters. Um, that leads you to feel restricted and it leads your body to think that you're starving it. So then the second that you do get that Oreo, if you've been restricting for so long, you are going to binge. So I think it's really important to let yourself have what you feel your body is craving in that moment. Obviously be like smart with your decisions. It's a really big learning curve to learn like what intuitive eating really is to you and how to let go of those food rules. And I think once you get to that point where you're able to navigate those toxic diet culture, um, thoughts and habits, then you're going to be a lot happier and you're going to be able to eat and live in a very sustainable, healthy way and whatever healthy means to you. So like, yes, lately I've been having more alcohol. I've been going out and having more takeout, but Mm -hmm. I'm still having some sort of balance when I'm at home. Like I have like an apple and peanut butter next to me, or I'll have a salad for lunch. And then for dinner, maybe I'll have 
pasta and like just I'll have normal pasta I won't have like chickpea or lentil or whatever pasta I think it's just like finding your own happiness point and being content with that and not being so strict on yourself because whenever your mind or your body feels restricted in some sort of way it's gonna want to rebel agree and just like not putting labels on anything I think helped me a lot because I was like vegetarian for a year and then I decided I wanted to go back to chicken because I just felt my body was kind of weak and I gave up meat when I was like 14. So I was like super young. So I haven't had red meat in like six, seven years, but then it's like, sometimes I don't have dairy. So it's like, I can't really call myself a vegan or a vegetarian. And then I kind of like drive myself crazy. Cause I'm like, I want to be this. But I think when you try to label yourself, that also really triggers you because you're mm-hmm. like trying to force yourself to not have certain foods when really like no one cares. And like, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I think that's definitely really important that you shouldn't restrict yourself or anything like that. How often do you work out or like go to the gym? It really changes. I want to say like, I move my body and like, I can't like a walk as a form of movement, at least like six days a week. Like, even if like I'm walking, I could walk, like I have like three off days or whatever, but most of the time, like I, my rest days, I like moving. I feel better when I move, not every single workout. Am I going to be dripping sweat and like killing my body there? A lot of them are like more chill and relaxed, but I want to say I take at least one rest day a week. I always make myself take one rest day. Um, but typically it's six days a week. It's alternating between running and doing hit classes or lifting weights or walking really far distances. Um, I think variety is great and it challenges your body and it's always important. Like if you want to see like, and feel change in your strength levels and your physique, it's like you need to constantly be challenging your body and putting it in new situations. What would you say your favorite workout is? Um, right now I'm really into running. I love the mental and physical challenge. I know it's not for everyone. A few months ago, if you, if I would have heard myself say running is like one of my favorite workouts, I'd be like, are you mad? Like, like I literally recorded a podcast with my friend rack. I think it was like in May and we're saying like, we could never run 5k. Like I could never do that. And like, I did it like a month after that. Cause I got yeah. into running. Um, I also really like hit, but like hit with weights, like not just body weight. Um, I've been going to the studio in Toronto called Sweat and Tonic, and they have a booty hit class, and I love it. It's mm-hmm. like weights, it's on the treadmill, it's body weight, it's great. Yeah, I used to love running when I was in high school, and then for two years out of high school, I never worked out or like ate healthy or anything. And I've just been getting back into it just because the weather's nice. So I'm like, it's an excuse to go outside and go on the track. And after one mile, I like cannot breathe. Like I have to, I used to be able to run, like I was in cross country. So I used to be able to do like five miles and like, it was nothing. And just that two years of not running brought me all the way down to square one. Like I run a mile so slow. I'm gassed after it. Like, I feel like it's such a work in progress. I feel like that's why people don't like it is because you kind of have to like be consistent and be patient with it. So I feel like a lot of people just like get over it, but I love it. Yeah. And I think what really helped me, cause before I couldn't like run more than like 30 seconds, I would only be able to do like hit sprints on the treadmill or like outside using the Nike run club app and using the guided runs that are like your first run, the second run, the third run that really teach you how to pace yourself, your breathing, how it should feel, um, really helped me. Cause then that was helped me be able to like control my pace and be able to run a longer distance. Yeah. I think controlling your pace is like huge because like sometimes I'll literally be running like so slow, but it's like, I kind of have to in the beginning, but I kind of like that. It's the Nike app you said. 
Yeah. The Nike run club app. It's free. Like everything's free on it and it tracks your runs. Like you don't have to have a watch or anything. If you have your phone on you while you're running, it will track your distance, your pace, everything. Nice. Okay. So what, let's say someone's listening to this podcast and they're like, okay, you know what? These girls seem super happy in the wellness space. How do I get started? They want to start tomorrow. What are your tips for them to start getting into a consistent workout routine, eating healthy, grocery shopping, all these things and not burning out? I think it's important to do one thing at a time. A lot of people try to do everything at once and they get super overwhelmed and tired. And it's really not a sustainable way to start any sort of journey. Like for example, in math, when you're learning math as a kid, like you're not taught everything. Like you're not taught addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, et cetera, all at once. You're taught addition and then they add in subtraction later on and then in the later grades you add like the multiplication and division whatever it may be the same thing for like your health and fitness regimen like start with okay say you want to get your sleep schedule back into order this week you're going to focus on getting your eight hours you're going to try go to bed at around the same time every night you're going to try wake up at every single morning next week I want to now add in my water goal. So I'm going to try have two liters of water a day. So now I'm practicing my sleeping schedule and I've now added drinking enough water into my routine. The next week I'm going to try aim for three workouts. You don't want to like go from zero to 100. So don't like say I'm going to work out six days a week. If you weren't working out before, like the likelihood of you being able to sustain six workouts a week, like is very slim. Um, you have to have a very <laughs> certain type of personality to be able to hold that discipline to yourself. Mm-hmm. But then say that on the third week, you're going to try aim for three workouts a week, plan out those workouts, whether it be a workout class. I'm a huge advocate for workout programs. That's how I got into the habit of working out myself because for the longest time I was a dancer and I had dance classes and a schedule and a teacher and a group environment. So I was always told what to do. I never had to really decide myself. So workout programs were super helpful. Um, and I would suggest that to anyone, especially because a lot of them have online communities on Instagram or TikTok now where you can follow other girls or guys that are doing those workout programs and they're posting that they're doing those workouts. And then that's like motivation in itself. But I would definitely say do one thing at a time, slowly, gradually build in those habits and be consistent with that and be consistent with each habit for each week and continue it into the next. And then in terms of working out, find a workout program or plan or class or anything that you like and be open to trying multiple things. You may not like the first thing that you try. So then try something else. Um, That's why class pass is super great because then you can have credits to try different classes at different workout studios now that that's all open again. Yeah. I like what you said too, about how, when you're in math, they don't just teach you everything at once. Like you have to gradually get it. Cause even when we get like new skincare, like we don't get every single product from one brand. Like we slowly develop new ones. I think that's mm-hmm. something a lot of people struggle with is like, we get in the motivation and we're like, I'm buying all the groceries. I'm meal prepping. I'm going to the gym tomorrow. And we like try to do everything like this, but we have to realize like, we just have to sit back and let our body and mind develop to it or else you will burn out after a week. I think that's why a lot of people burn out after one week is because they try to do everything in three days and try to become a whole new person in like the matter of like 48 hours, which is just not practical. So yeah, I like how you said that because I think that's something that a lot of people try to rush into doing is they get this hint of motivation and they're like, okay, I'm going to run with it. And then they totally burn out. So Mm -hmm. are you starting school this fall or are you graduated? Are you graduating this year? So I have one more semester. I only have three credits. So like three classes, like Mm -hmm. one class is a credit at my school. Um, So 
I'll be done in December. My semesters are September to December, then January to April. Yeah. Um, so I'll be done after December. And then I, my graduation ceremony is in June. So hopefully, because restrictions are still like a thing here in Ontario, yeah. hopefully I'll be able to have like an actual graduation opposed to a lot of my friends had virtual graduations. Yeah, I know it's so sad. Do you kind of know what you want to do? Like, cause you said you're doing social media management for a startup right now, but you're obviously also into health and wellness. Is there any plans you have? Like, do you want to go to nutrition school or do you want to pursue marketing more? Like, where's your heart out right now? So I think like my like end all be all is I would love to work for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily just as like an influencer, but I want to have like my own agency person potentially like a consulting agency um, where I work with brands or individuals. But right now I'm actually already working like my full-time job. I've been working for them since May. I'm going to be working with them throughout school and everything. Um, And then I'll sign on as like a salaried employee come January. Um, But it's Green Fresh Media. It's a social media agency. So I'm very much into like social media marketing, influencer marketing, all that stuff. But what brings it into like the nutrition and wellness sort of thing. All our clients are CPG. So consumer packaged good brands in the natural and organic space. So think like Lily Sweets and Vital Proteins, Chosen Foods, Bragg's, um, all these brands that I know and love are my clients, which makes it super fun. And it's a really like good, like in between because I still get that nutrition and like wellness sort of thing, but I'm still doing like the marketing side of things. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually in the process of building out a podcast network with them, which is super exciting. Nice. Cool. And you have your own podcast too. When did you start that? I started my podcast morning, right in November, um, 2020. So it's still quite new and it was very spontaneous. I had started guesting on podcasts last year throughout the pandemic. And I had gotten a lot of good feedback from people who had listened to me on these podcasts. And I was like, Oh, maybe I should start my own. Cause I liked being on them. I like listening to them. Um, and then I like posted all my stories one day and my friend Leah reached out being like, I'll edit it for you. I'll do like all the logistics stuff for you. You can just record with the guests and I'll take care of the rest. And then the rest was history. Like literally she messaged me on a Tuesday. The trailer was up or teaser, whatever you want to call it was up by Thursday. And then the first episode was up the following Monday. Wow. That that's crazy. Mine was pretty spontaneous too, but I was like, I was on my own for it. And I like planned, I like, I think I scheduled nine episodes before I even came out with the first one. Like I was like, let me schedule all the episodes first. That way, like I know that I want to do it and stuff. You also had Kayla on the, on the show, right? Yes. I I saw that. She was amazing. She was the last guest I had on. She was so, so nice. And like, you guys kind of remind me of each other too, because you were talking about like IBS and wellness. So that's why I also wanted to have you on. When you started your podcast, what are some tips you have for people that want to start their own? Maybe embarrassed of like people listen. Cause even me, sometimes like my friends will like listen to it or like mention it. And I like get cringed out. Cause I know they're like listening to my voice. What are your tips <laughs> for someone that wants to maybe start a platform, but doesn't really know what people will say about it and stuff. Um, I think this is like a quote that like I, I live by from Sarah's day. I don't know if you follow her. She's a YouTuber from Australia, but she says, act confident and no one will question you. And I think if you really believe in yourself and you're confident in what you're doing and you're proud in what you're doing, that's all that should matter. And if you believe in yourself, other people will start to believe in you too. And it may take time for them to come around and be like, 
wow, like she's doing great things or like what she's doing is awesome, but they will eventually the same thing with like the founders of like crazy, like companies like Apple, Microsoft, like they were crazy until it worked. I don't know. Like I like my podcast has a lot of downloads. Like it has over a hundred thousand downloads and it's only a few months old. I still feel like I'm very new to it. Um, I don't know if that's just like me being really hard on myself and I'm a perfectionist and I've gotten a lot of great feedback from it. But yeah, I do still feel like I'm figuring it out. I feel like I'm always going to feel like I'm figuring it out. Um, I think that's like where imposter syndrome comes into play, but I'm working on that in therapy, but I'm confident in it. I won't like deny it or like hide it from anyone. Like I'm single. I go on dates. Like I will bring it up. Like, yeah, I'm a podcast host. Like I run with it. I don't care anymore. And there's a point, like even with like my Instagram and everything, I used to like be so hesitant to talk about it to guys or like other girls or people in my social circle or people that I was meeting. And now like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, that's my Instagram. My Instagram's at Lanny B Fit. I have like over a hundred thousand followers. Like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Super cool. Going back to like therapy and anxiety, like what is kind of your, your, outlook on that like what about someone because I think we like everyone struggles with anxiety at one point in their life me also I have a lot of health anxiety like like no other like I will freak out about if I have like a headache right away I'm like I need to go to the hospital like I always am freaking out about my health if someone doesn't know where to kind of start with therapy or like maybe they don't want to go to therapy what are some other ways to help them and what are other ways to kind of like push someone to go to therapy because I feel like I'm kind of in that boat where I'm like, I can't tell if it's bad enough that I need to go like get help. Um, What's kind of your advice? I believe that therapy is for everyone. And I know a lot of people don't really have this mindset around it, but I don't think you need to be struggling. I don't think you have to be like at the extremes to go to therapy. You don't have to have depression or severe anxiety or some sort of mental disorder that's diagnosed to go to therapy. Everyone needs someone to talk to, to let things out. We all have thoughts in our heads and um, our psychological health is so, so important. So I don't think you have to be at a breaking point. Sadly, it takes a lot of people to get to a breaking point to go to therapy because that's just the way our society is wired. Um, and that's okay. And like things will ch- change. Things are changing. But if you're too intimidated to go to therapy or you can't afford it, or you're not really sure yet, I strongly advise that you start journaling, whether it's just mind dumps, that's literally just writing whatever the heck you want onto paper. Um, or you can do prompts. I have my prompts on my Instagram, or you can even get a journal, like the five minute journal. There's a lot of um, journals that have prompts pre-written in them, but journaling is a huge way to release those emotions. Um, and be able to let go of them. You see them being like written on the paper and like you visualize like them leaving your mind. That's like yeah. a therapy technique. Um, if you're not sure where to find a therapist, if you're ready for that step, BetterHelp and Talkspace are great affordable options for therapy. They're easily accessible all literally from your phone. I believe you can even, even text a therapist. Like you don't have to have like a video call or in-person session, which is good because a lot of people are scared to talk about it. And that's like a good stepping stone. Um, in terms of like seeing a therapist in your area, I would reach out to your doctor. Your doctor will be able to refer you, reach out to your parents if you're comfortable enough. They probably know of someone either through like a colleague or a family friend that's seeing a therapist, reach out to your friends. Um, Even at school, if you're in college or high school, go to your guidance counselor. I used to go to the guidance counselor in high school before I actually went to a therapist and my guidance counselor was super helpful. Um, They will also have the resources to be able to refer you to um, certified therapists. 
Um, but that's like therapy and journaling are like the best things ever. Yeah. Have you seen therapy like help you a lot? Yes. A huge like help to me. Um, I found that from high school to university, my self-confidence and self-esteem and myself in like everything but relationships really improves. But when it came to relationships, I kind of stayed in my high school self. In high school, I didn't really like hook up with a lot of guys. And I, I guess I was like a late bloomer, as they would say. Um, like I didn't really do anything until like grade 12. And it was always like an insecurity of mine and therapy and working on that and therapy really helped. And um, even just having a non-biased opinion to talk to about relationships and things going on and what's healthy, what's not healthy, what's toxic, um, really helped. And yeah, I think I've seen like a huge amount of growth in the past. Like, I think I've been going to therapy consistently since October, September, and I've, I'm a completely different person. Yeah. I think that like, for me, I've always thought to myself like, okay, yeah, you get anxious, but if I tell people, oh, I think I should start going to therapy because it's like sometimes people who only get like anxious, but don't feel anxiety, like anxiety attacks or panic attacks. They don't really understand where you're coming from, where you're like, I need help because people feel anxiety every day. People feel anxious every day, but they don't feel like that, like underlying issue of like, okay, no, I'm like, I'm freaking out. Like, this isn't just like a little thing that I'm anxious about. It's an anxiety Mm -hmm. attack. So I feel like sometimes if I would go to someone and they'd be like, you don't need it, you know, like you have a great life. You grew up in a great family, great childhood. Like, you know, you have a roof over your head. Like, I think that's a good point that people feel like they need to have it because they need to have some crazy issue in their life that leads them to that. But I think that it can just be a mental health thing and it can just be someone to talk to. If you're, especially if you're not comfortable talking to anyone in your life, I've never been good at like opening up to people or like talking about my feelings ever until I got into a relationship. And that's like the only person I can really talk to, but before him, like I was never able to like open up deeply to like my friends or family. So I think just for anyone listening to this, like, just like she said, you don't need to have a major issue to go to therapy. No one needs to understand why you want to go. No one, you know, like no one's opinions matter. Um, and I think it's great that it helped you and that you're so open about talking about it. I think that everyone should be open talking about it. I think it should be more normalized and not looked at like something you have to do when something goes completely wrong in your life. Yeah. Well, even like, think about it, like the doctor, like you go for your routine checkup every year, you go in for even if like something sort of feels also like, what about your mental health? Your mental health is just as important and it can manifest into those physical symptoms. So why do we view physical health so different to mental health? Like it should be the same thing. If not, we should be going to our therapists and taking care of our mental health even more than our physical. Yeah, I agree. I feel like recently it's been more since quarantine. I think mental health has been more normalized. Never in my life did I even hear the words mental health before quarantine. Like in high school, it was never talked about like that. And I think like, you know, people make like great examples. You know, if you go and you're skateboarding and you fall and you scratch your elbow, you're going to go to the doctor. You're going to put a bandaid on it. But what about when you're having anxiety or stress or something? Like we don't do enough for our brains. And that really is what roots everything in our life. Wellness, college, jobs, everything. And I feel like we all forget to focus on it. So I love how it's being more normalized. Even like you said, you have a podcast on self-improvement. I feel like those are being a lot more like 
they're mm-hmm. like now too. Like I just started mine recently. You started yours recently. I feel like those, those are becoming more normalized as well. So I love how the world is kind of focusing on these things now. And I get to talk to women about it because it's like, it never was really talked about before. It would like, you know, podcasts were normally for like entertainment, like call her daddy or impulsive or whatever. And now I think we're branching out to a whole new like audience and a whole new niche, which I love. Mm -hmm. I love it too. And I think it's really where the world is going and it's where society is going. And I'm proud to be a part of the change. And it's great that you're being a part of it too. Yeah. I totally support you in everything you do. I want to thank you for coming on. I know you're probably so busy. I will link your Instagrams down below your podcast. I'm also going to link the Nike app that you talked about and the therapy apps you talked about. So if you guys were listening, it will all be in the description. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to be on your podcast.